Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello you lovely lot and welcome to Football Manager Therapy. I'm Matt Richards and on this week's episode, oh my god, football's back again. Brothers, sisters, everybody sing. We're going to bring the FM show you how. I've got a question for you, better answer now. Amazon original Spurs. Am I the special one? Jose, am I Gabriel? Dreams. Am I Everton? You need you better. Rock your body now, everybody. Yeah. Joining me as always. Yeah. Everybody joining me tonight. Tony's back. All right. <laughs> I thought you were going to end. I, told I thought you were going to end with football's back. All right. <laughs> no, because I've got to still introduce oh. you. I can't. You know, you're the yeah. Mate, you. Do you enjoy that? You text me saying, just, all you said was mate in capitals. The intro, and I was like, <laughs> "Right, this is going to have to be good." And mate, like, I don't know what you're going to do next week. I seriously don't, unless you produce your own rock opera. Like, you raise yeah. the bar every single week, and and you know what? So that's what it's about, and I respect that. Also, fair play for fully committing to it and and singing the bits because you could have just gone. If I was doing it personally. I would have gone a bit wooden and just read it out and just went, oh, I'm not fucking yeah. singing this, right? But yeah. you went, I'm in. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, am I Everton you need? Uh, was something that's really hard to say out loud. So um, <laughs> um, a little bit a little bit of a behind the scenes thing. I was originally going to do um, Gabrielle Dreams Can Come True, um, mm-hmm. which was, is going to be something along the lines of like, dreams can come true, even in a four four two. Uh, like and it, it was quite good, and then bloody Gabrielle scored for Arsenal, didn't he? So everyone tweeted out, including um, Tom Williams, a highly respected journalist. Tom Williams, um, Gabrielle dreams can come true, and I was like, well, I can't do that now because that's biting someone else's material. Uh, and, and what do we think this is? Do we think this is comedy? No, it's not comedy. It is Football Manager, where we respect other people's content. <laughs> Actually, I can tell you what, I can confirm uh, 100% that this is not comedy uh, because my wife listened to the last episode. She went, oh, I'll have a little listen to your podcast. She got about 10 minutes in and went, it's not funny, is it? I went, it's not meant to be, love. <laughs> so, wow. you're right, it's not comedy this time. Uh, wow. wow. So, wow. Um, I mean, I mean, it's a good... she's a harsh critic, but she's a fair critic as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, I'll give her that. Um but also look, as well, there's the, the main the main issue there is that Gabrielle didn't have a second song. So if anything, she's whoa, ruined whoa, it for whoa, everybody. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Gabrielle was was the songbird of a generation. Don't be coming on this podcast, bad mouthing Gabrielle. She had like several um, eras of her career. I'll have you know. <laughs> And and I know what you're gonna say, Tony. Well, if she had more than one song, name one right now. And I can't think of one right now because you put me on the spot. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that Gabrielle di- didn't have a great career. I remember she was on Jules Holland one year and killed it, killed it. Oh, I can imagine that her album wasn't just Dreams, Dreams remix, 
Dreams 7-inch. Like, yeah, she clearly had at least nine songs to make an album, but mm. nobody knows those other eight songs. So The disrespect. If she'd have had more, she'd have been in the intro, but she didn't. So therefore, you went with Backstreet Boys. And you know what? Fair play, man. I think you came up with a much better one. So I respect that. I respect that a lot. Well, Tony, it is true that football's back all right. Uh, it's like it hardly went away. And by the term we mean football's back, we mean the Premier League's back, which is the, the most important league in the world. And every other league is a silly farmer's league. Ha 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 ha. Boo, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Right, that's what everyone yeah, says, let, isn't it? Yeah, let's ignore all the other leagues that are already back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I was watching Leon Bordeaux last night. We were already two games into our season. Uh, shockingly, yeah, I was going to say shockingly, it ended nil-nil. Um, a game with Bordeaux that ended in a draw, surely not. I watched uh, I watched the PSG-Lons match the other night. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah. Wow, like... If you've not seen the goal, anyone who's, who's, who's listening who's not seen, who doesn't partake in uh, League Earn and wasn't even aware that football was allowed to return before the Premier League did, uh, France mm. have been playing secret behind the, the behind the curtains matches with fans as mm. well. And yeah, Paris Saint-Germain's goalkeeper, I believe was their substitute goalkeeper, Bulmer or something maybe I think he's called. Bulker. Um, mm. Bulker he was called. Um decided to do, and I know we're talking about football manager, but he did the mm-hmm. FIFA, oh, I've pressed the pass button rather than the long kick button straight to the centre forward who put the ball straight in the net, uh, which was quite uh, quite fantastic to watch, to be honest. Uh, that was, it was um, in, in, in arguably one of those games that's like very much of its time in the sense that PSG had a load of uh, youngsters playing and reserve players playing because they had so many positive COVID <laughs> tests. Like, that's just a bizarre sentence to say. And also as well, I, I did enjoy that sort of like narrative of like, oh, well, you know, they they didn't have Neymar and da-da-da. And I'm like, yeah, but they're still Paris Saint-Germain. They're, they're, their fourth string team is amazing. Like, Lons have just come back to Ligue 1 yeah. for and the first Herrera time in with, years. And the Herrera played the full match. Yeah, Marco Verratti was in the team. Like, yeah, but it's, it's it is the way. Um, also, I would I would like to correct you. It's not just Ligue 1 anymore. It's Ligue 1 Uber Eats um, branding. Oh, because uh, <laughs> nothing says great league like that. But hey ho, uh, I support. Here's another word there. from our sponsors. Um, yeah, it's another word from our sponsors. <laughs> speaking as well of of, of uh, COVID tests, though, um, thankfully COVID tests have been something that have meant that Aston Villa haven't lost their opening game of the season. So wow. I'll take that. Yeah, it's it's gonna get it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be a massive adjustment again this season. Um, and, and again, it's that thing of like it, it it's it's seems to be like it's going to be for quite a while as well. Like, I, I'm not one of those people that's kind of like, oh, it'll be all right by January. I think I think we're going to have a full you know season in 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 a, in a pandemic, so that's going to be just really surreal. Um, but it is back. the The Premier League's back. Um, I watched Arsenal versus Fulham this morning. Um, I didn't watch Leeds versus Liverpool, which feels like a stupid thing now. Um, I did watch the highlights though. Uh, oh, it's great in it. Just don't care. They absolutely have no respect uh, for defending. For defending pfft, bollocks. Let's just, it's like Gagen pressing, much higher line of engagement, much higher defensive line with with the slider of pressing all the way up. 
then individual settings on every single player in the team, including the goalkeeper, to just press more, tackle harder. Every player's got like aggression 20. Just they don't care. It's just... And then just just constant constant touchline shouts of demand more, demand more, show passion. Yeah, just it's unreal. Um, A good bet all year, I think it's going to be every time Leeds United play, I think it's um, over 2.5 goals. And both teams to score. Put 50 quid on that every game and you'd be a millionaire by the end of the season. Uh, but it's great. Um, I, I will say that when I was watching Fulham versus Arsenal, because ugh, I don't know why I watched it, but I did. Um, I was a little bit like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Like Premier League's back. There's some interesting teams in it this year. And I, I'm interested to watch Fulham because I know this will offend some people. And I, I do apologise mainly to, to Ali Maxwell, um, who's a wonderful football journalist and a, and a host of a tremendous uh, podcast, Zonal Market with Michael Cox. Um, I didn't watch a lot of the championship last year and I've not watched a lot of the championship in a while. Um, so I am interested to see more of Fulham. Now, they didn't get off to the best start, admittedly, but I was like, oh, I'm, I'm quite excited. Let's see what Scott Parker's got uh, as a manager. He wore a little suit. It was lovely. It was at Craven Cottage. It was all lovely. And then they were like, oh, yeah, over to your commentary team, um, Martin Keown. And I was like, oh, I was just, that was it. That was, it just took me out of the game. I was just like, here we go. Um, so do you want to hear a line of, of legitimate Martin Keown commentary? hundred percent. You can throw a coat over the wing backs. They're playing that close to each other. Yeah, I mean that makes that makes complete sense, doesn't it? So you know that new, you know the, the new Batman like movie trailer where like the Riddler's got his ciphers and stuff and his riddles. Sod all that. Let's just get Martin Keown's commentary lines into that video and, and, and let Batman try and figure out what does what does that mean? What does throwing a coat over the wing backs they're playing that close to each other mean? I mean. It means the come on, the wing backs are in the vicinity of being caught in courts because Arsenal were playing in the famous court hanger formation, which suggests to me, and I'm only just interpreting this, that maybe leather jackets are back in. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Let's just go with that. So because maybe I mean I could be wrong. I don't know. Right? What do I know? I'm just a comedian who likes football manager. Yeah. I'm not Martin Keown, no. football expert slash apparently commentator. He just um, it, it, like it, every time like Darren Darren Fletcher will say like oh you know Aubameyang one of the best players in the you know the league and he scores all these goals and stuff. Keown always brings it back to like violence and he's like oh yeah but. Could he could he win a you know a punch up at a pub in Stoke? Probably could because he's a warrior. He's got determination. He's got fight. I I think that Kieran <laughs> that Martin Keown has clearly thought right. If I ring the lads at Football Manager and Sports Interactive, right, guys, Miles, I've got a, I've got a proposition for you. I like what you've got with the database, and I think it's really really in depth with the stats of the players, and I like how you break it down at this like these like microcosms of, of abilities. But what you're missing is the score they get on that punching machine in takeaways. So can you put that in as well? And then we'll really know like whether or not this is the right player to sign or not. Because, you know, Obama Yang might be great, but if he only gets 432, then I'm not buying him. I love it. Um, who, who, in the, <laughs> who in the Arsenal team do you think would have the highest score on the punching machine? Uh, probably, well, no, no, you know what? I'm going to say it, none of them. 
Arsenal wow. collectively would probably get about 42. Um, wow. and no, no. Is Xhaka still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he'd have just tackled it. <laughs> yeah. Just run up and kicked it and it'd be like, you're not meant to do that, Granite. He's, he's playing um, he's playing he's playing well at the minute. Um it's, who's, it's, who's, a, who's a hard man like a hard man. They've got Leno in goal, you know, he's you know, he's a quite a big lad. There, there was yeah. a wonderful there was a wonderful moment in the game actually where um Rob Holding was getting a nosebleed because he found himself on the edge of the box, but like chested it down and then like did keepy uppies to beat his man and then slipped in Alexander Lacazette with like a dream ball and Lacazette unfortunately couldn't quite convert it. And there was this wonderful little moment that the cameras caught where Lacazette looked at Rob Holding, like literally, I, I might have even mouthed it, looked at it and went, where the fuck did that come from? And Rob <laughs> Holding was like laughing and sticking his tongue out. And I was like, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing uh, to think, see, even think, in the Premier League. Uh, I think Tierney might have a decent shout at it, but he may well bite it afterwards. So yeah. um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think Arsenal would, would be do particularly well on the punching machine. And that, mm. my friends is why Arsenal will potentially not finish in the top four this season. There. Okay, then, um, <laughs> I was going to ask you, what team do you think would have the highest score? And I just immediately, my brain just immediately went, why are you asking that question? Because the answer is fucking Burnley. Just <laughs> no, like maybe Sheffield United, maybe, but No, I don't, I don't think Sheffield United have got it. I think Burnley's a great shout. I think Burnley are a great shout. I think because Sean Dyche would just train them like a Rocky montage until until they were like punching it through the wall. Like, yeah, James you know. Tarkovsky would be like yeah. sitting there going, "Right, he would take, he would go, he'd go to take a run up. He'd know that you're not allowed, and then he'd just stand still like a like a Russian henchman in a James Bond film, and then just one inch punch it um, <laughs> really hard." Look, lads, I know I know it's usually legs, hearts, minds, but it's fists, power and glory this week, all right? Yeah, that's, I think that's the, my Sean Dyche, by the way. Yeah. I thought it was pretty solid. <laughs> They'd all stand there and Sean Dyche would be going, we paid Joe Hart 70 grand a week and then bang, right? 800 each. <laughs> yes. Um, hey, don't don't knock Joe Hart. Um, I was going to name a team that he played for and then was going to put the word legend at the end and I realised that would just be a lie. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously like the first day is underway. We've seen it. We've seen a few teams and stuff already. Is there, is there a team that IRL has, has made you go, ooh, maybe that's my uh, beta, 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 beta save uh, on FM? Oh, I think, I think everyone's got the same couple and, we we texted between ourselves one which I think we'll talk about yeah, we'll talk probably about more in depth uh, yeah. later on and you know what I'm a hundred percent on board with that because that looks like a lot of fun. No, um, not not fancy a bit of Leeds, a little bit of... Leeds. Yeah. I, I think everyone's going to do Leeds, particularly content creators. I think have done a lot of Leeds this year, so maybe they won't get Leeds next year. It'll be fun to play, but I think that but Tony, but Tony, the, the the press tell me that Leeds United are now the neutrals' favourite. You know that lovable team, Leeds United, with their yeah. notoriously lovable history of of friendliness <laughs> when you go to their lovely ground up in Yorkshire. You know, just a, the, the, just a bit of banter, isn't it? Just yeah, a just a bit, just a bit of banter. You know, oh, we all hate Leeds scum. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Um, what know. we mean is, we all we all love Leeds, aren't they great? Um, <laughs> yeah, probably not Leeds. Um, I, I hate myself for it. Go if on. I was to do it, Chelsea looks like a lot of fun. Oh, Done it. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, essentially, because Frank Lampard's been playing a game of FM in real life, just going... But this is the thing as well, is that I don't... You can't start a career with Chelsea. You can't start... No, I'm going to say career. You can't start a saved game. Let's differentiate those two. You can't have a career Mm. or a saved game. If you were having just a saved game, beat the style, try out Chelsea, see what Werner looks like, see what Havertz looks like, see what Zayach looks like, see what uh, everyone that they've brought in looks like because he's got a great squad now yeah I mean you'd be tempted not to touch any of it and just leave it and go right let's play with that for the first season get used to everything all the intricacies of of the new whatever it is they're putting in new training modelling you know social media new corner flags or whatever it is (laughs) that they're putting in this year that's 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 the big thing Um, Mm. and I think that is a great squad to start playing with from day one it's not going to need tweaking you're not going to be like, oh god, I don't know who to buy because they've already bought them. Like, yeah. Well, I was, it was, it's quite interesting because um, Tom Warville on the Athletic um, this morning um, did a, a really cool article where he did, um, he did a, like a data thing with uh, like squads ages mm-hmm. and like sort of like there was like a peak age zone and then obviously like you know uh, there was like. Like a solid circle that indicates that they're a first team player or, or pretty much going to be the starting lineup, and then like an open circle for like maybe having a different role. And it was it was a really cool little breakdown of all the squads and stuff. But it was interesting looking through that and, and seeing what you know certain sides and where they the age wise where they they were. Obviously, there's probably no shock that Burnley are are I think the oldest team in the league. But looking at like our favorite team in the world Everton um like they've got a lot of players that are currently in their peak and could be quite interesting um I almost feel like we should we should really have the beta save as Everton to be honest <laughs> feel like we've given them a bit of grief the worst, and- the worst thing is now it's become a joke and 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 it's it's literally just a joke. I have no ill will towards Everton. I, I feel like I say this every single time we do an episode. But I, also, I genuinely like Everton. And like the fact they've signed like Hamas Rodriguez and Allen, I'm like, oh, that's cool. as well. And like, yeah, like I'm it's kind of great. thinking that, that this is coming back to bite us. And like we made mm. one silly throwaway remark at the start of, of recording. And now Carlo Ancelotti's listening, obviously. Uh, and just, <laughs> I'll, I'll show them young rabscallions um mm. and yeah they look again they look fairly decent i think tottenham's a good save to start off with because there's enough know. of a base but you could still mm. tweak it and do some things um southampton maybe, no, there's maybe mm. too much to do with Southampton for a beta i feel um, like there's too much to do with spurs just purely for the fact that they just don't have any fullbacks you know because danny rose is definitely not staying um it's in it's just gonna, it's gonna be weird anyway we'll we'll i'm sure closer to the time we'll definitely make a decision on on what our beta save is going to be uh if you guys have got something in mind already a few people already tweeted us after the mls episode a couple of people said like cincinnati didn't they yeah um, yeah and it was yeah, a cool, Nashville, a cool I think there's a, yeah it to be quite popular um and again like a lot a lot of content creators are already sort of getting themselves ready for 21 and mm-hmm. like sort of saying look this is what I'm going to do. This is my beer. This is my save plans for that, that for next of, year. Um, that level so, of organisation, I just can't. I can well, respect. Well, but. this is what I'm about to suggest. If anybody wants to do that thinking for us, um, <laughs> and just say, 
I would like to watch you do the Chinese Super League. Thank you very much. Oh, no, because, like, the problem with that is, it's like, it's all right with you because you're all show business and, like, teeth and stuff. And, like, you're all... You know, show business and teeth? <laughs> yeah, you know, and stealing my intros on your YouTube oh, videos. right, come on, right. right, right get, get this out of the open, then. Let's let's deal with this now, you know. What? Deal with what, Tony? I, right, lovely listeners, and I'm going to use the word lovely deliberately at this point, right? As you know, the content creation side of our podcast is marked up on YouTube as Football Manager Therapy. I have my own stuff on there that is just, you know, Football Manager content. The intros on the Kaiser Slouten story career is just, hi everybody, how are we? On the Football Manager Therapy content, I say, hello you lovely lot. Now, you took exception to that this week. And said that I was stealing your intro. Yeah, I'm suing you. I'm now, suing you. This is it's is this is going to be like um, um, a, tra- a transfer saga. <laughs> it's not. It was just. It was just. It was, I was just like having a cup of tea. Well, I wasn't. I was having a coffee this morning. Having my breakfast, and I was like, oh, I'll watch. I watch. I watch the video because I do. I watch your content. Um, yeah. you know. Got to support, support each other. Um, and I just was like, cheeky little git. And I think the worst thing is, is because you said it with such conviction. And I, I was a bit worried that it might be better. better oh, no, no, it's not better. I think yours is much more, like, yours just feels right. But I thought, let's brand it. And it was the Philadelphia Union one. Um, because, you know, that's obviously what we were talking about in the last episode was the MLS. So mm-hmm. I said, I'll play it and it might become content. Um, and you know what? It still might. Um, it got enough people sort of had a bit of watch of it. Uh, some people are sort of saying that they're looking forward to uh, the breakdown that I'm inevitably going to have when results don't go my way, which is yep. which is exactly what everybody is here for. And and yeah, I think it was just that thing of for me, it felt natural to be like go 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 hello, you lovely lot. Um, because it was football manager therapy branding. Yeah, That's yeah. what I All was right. going for. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. Um, I'll take it as the compliment that I'm sure it was intended. Um, I've already, I've already start, uh, set up a sweepstake on on when you're getting sacked from. <laughs> so, um, just purely because the fact that video starts and you just trade away a player, just completely blindly, and then replace them with Alan Hutton, and I'm like, yeah, what a bit of business that is, and I'm like, oh. Tony. Right, Tony. but you know what? And I know, wait, let's get into saves now, okay? Yeah, because, let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> because you're right, I knew nothing and openly say it at this point in the video, I've got no idea what this means, but the fact that they're offering So why two, didn't you, why didn't you reject it? Like, because, surely you go onto the side of, like, caution and go, well, I don't know how good this player is and I don't know how much quality they're offering in this trade. And I'm just, oh... I'm disappointed. The way I thought, right, was they're offering two first round picks. So clearly he's very good, right? Otherwise, why would you not offer first round picks? You offer them because that's what you want to kind of get. You're right. I see a lot of value here. I'm willing to trade away, not just this year's, but next year's first round picks for this guy. And I went, he's 29. Yeah, he can go. That's fine. And I had Alan Hutton lined up later on. So I've won, right? Have you? Alan Hutton comes with a wealth of experience that whoever the fella was I've sold, I don't know, it was Geddes or Gaddis or something, he probably didn't bring it to me, right? And they were like, go And I just thought, 
because at the time I was like, this is going to be fun. I don't know if I'm going to continue. I was like, let's just play around, see what happens. And you know what? I did keep going with the MLS. That's pretty much what I've done most of this week, to be honest. I yeah, should really have done. You know when you you know when you're like, oh, and I got Alan Hutton, so I won. You know when you say I won, you're actually meant to win games of football as well on Football Manager to be able to go around saying that you won. But in that video, right. if I'm not mistaken, um, weren't you happy to to not lose by free goals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because um, the first because the first game, Seattle Sounders. Absolutely pulling me 3-0. And hey, look, this. let's be fair here. Seattle Sanders, multiple-time MLS Cup winners and one of the best teams, or sorry, best franchises in in, yeah. in either conference. So, you know, they've got... Yeah. Uh, a, a, yeah, they're a great team. Great yeah. team. But, and, and each of those goals were good as well. They weren't like... I wasn't conceding like tap-ins or like rebounds or a ricochet. Like each goal was was good in its own right. And I was like, right, 3-0 is a bit humbling because it's in front of my own fans as well. I'm like, and they're all going, oh, who's this chump from uh, across the pond? Um, and I'm like, all right, fine. Well, we play Toronto next. Who again? Another great franchise. <laughs> they beat me 1-0. So two games in, I've not scored. I've conceded four. I'm starting to think that maybe Alan Hutton wasn't the right decision. But actually, no. I never thought Alan Hutton wasn't the right decision. Um, but I kept going. Right? You did. Yeah. And I played the Colorado Rapids next. Won. Spoiler alert for the next video. We don't start the next match with a, a naught and something. Um, uh, what's the uh, word I'm looking for? Like, like, yeah. Um, Whatever, I, I don't go un, un, without a win for, for the whole season. Uh, I have some huge results, which I will tell yeah. you. New York City Football Club, who, oh, yeah, it, yeah. quite frankly, um, aren't a real football club. Um, wow. Beat them 3-0. 3-0. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, obviously, New York City Football Club, who produced uh, Leeds United's Jack Harrison. Yeah. Well, he had like a season out there, didn't he? But... <laughs> I've also beaten the following sides. DC United, local rivals, beat them 2-0 in a game that I text you afterwards, a game I should have recorded because I genuinely got very, very excited during that whole match and almost celebrated when we when we scored the second goal because that just put it beyond beyond uh, the opposition. We'd be Orlando City 1-0, we'd be Columbus Crew 2-1, um, and we are currently sat in... Uh, early May, we are currently 6th in the Eastern Conference. 6th. That's, that's all right. Uh, what's your club 17 vision? games. Your club vision is it your club vision like to be competitive or something like that? Yeah, kind of like competitive, but mid table within the um, the within bigger the, overall table, the yeah. supporters league. Yeah, which we're currently fourteenth, so we're sort of two places of access, twenty four teams overall. Um, but not bad, not bad. I got all I got, right. I got a lot of comments um, early doors about the fact that I was playing this sort of four two four. Technically, but it can be a four four two, but FM sort of really picks it up more as a four two four. A lot of people saying like four four two for MLS, and 
I've kind of already tweaked it prior to the first video going out. So mm. it is slightly more traditional in its setup, but still hey, a hey, look, bit attacking. Uh, it's the working. Four, the 442 has is, is been really good this, this on this edition. I, I've used it a few times. Um, uh, yeah, I like it. And yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Like, you know, we're getting some decent results. We've not hit into, um, you know, the, the, the super draft yet. The waivers mm-hmm. playing around, like some teams obviously release players in particular, and get this, right? You mocked me at the start for this whole trading away Gaddis for two first round picks. Well, this is the beauty of MLS. It's weird in its in its makeup, but just because you sell a player at the start of the season doesn't mean that ten games later they're still gonna be on that club's roster because they might need to shift him off to save some salary cap. So Houston cut him. They put him on the wire and cut him after 10 games. I went, hang on a second. Does that mean I can pick him up for free? And sure enough, I went and clicked on it. And I re-signed him. For less money than I was paying. It's good to know that there is a manager in that league more stupid than you. (laughs) Because I re-signed him on less wages and kept my two first-round yeah. picks. <laughs> what an idiot! I don't know who Houston Dynamo manager is, but the FM version of them is not, not good. Yeah, not good. Okay, um, well, so I've got Alan Hutton and two first-round picks. So technically, I've got three first-round picks. Um, it's all fine. I'm up to my nine um, foreigners, so I have to shift somebody. Um, mm-hmm. So Il or, or you could you could trade you could yeah, trade yeah. to get another international slot like this is it I've told I was telling you on the, uh, yeah, on the last yeah, episode yeah. This, you know got, yeah, this it's all to work out so as I say so so content wise I might stick with this and this is going to be my final save of FM twenty mm-hmm. um, obviously Sweden's still going on as well we've got Sweden which is looking um, pretty good I've done a full transfer deadline day special with that one. Um, because I had a bit of, as I mentioned on the last I'm assuming, episode. I'm assuming in that episode you film it um, while hanging out of the window of your car for the whole the whole. Episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm currently parked outside a football ground. Um, um, so I've got a full transfer deadline day special one recorded because if you remember, Joelson, the goalkeeper, was desperate to move. I was not desperate to sell, but... I figured, right, let's play play ball. He's got a £3 million release clause. He ain't going nowhere. Um, so I offered him out. And clubs very generously put forward bids of £400,000, which I'm no mathematician, but that's a lot less than £3 million. Quid. So he's going nowhere. And as the transfer window doors closed, he stayed because nobody bid over half a million quid. So I tried. I tried to get him out the door, but, you know, nobody bid for him, so he ain't going anywhere. Um, players I brought in, I was quite happy with, I'd mentioned again in the previous episode, I picked up a, a young midfielder called Kusu, who came in as like a three-star, and already at the start of the season, he's looking at a four-star midfielder, 18 years old, scores goals from 30 yards. We'll be selling him for about £3 million in a year, I reckon. Um, he can sort of generate some income to go off and he'll do well. Um, 
Strikers come in called Orkfist, who again looks pretty good for about 300 grand. A uh, couple of guys, just squad fillers, are right back for about 70 grand. Also, I've then picked up a Dutch striker from AZ Alkmaar on deadline day, who's valued at about two and a half million. Um, brought him in on loan because obviously I had Gero, who's the lad who was my top scorer last year, was out with a cruciate ligament injury for this season. Jonsson, who's my top striker, is out for a few weeks. Orkvist has picked up a little knock. Um, so I'm kind of only left with one striker, who's the Dutch lad who came in and did well. And a couple of decent enough prospects, who are like 17, but I can't really trust them enough to go straight in now. So I thought, let's get another loan in. Just built the squad out a bit. He's come in. I... Missed out on an attacking midfielder who was a star player for Osters. Would have been a couple of hundred grand. Would have looked pretty decent. I left it to Grand Chris to sort the deal out. And Norcorpen, who have spent like, get this, they've spent five and a half million quid in the transfer window. Oof. Money. Like, where have they got that money from? And it all looked like it was done and dusted. And then they swooped in, swooped, swept in uh, at the last minute and gazumped me on that deal. Which is a bit of a shame. Like, if I'm being honest, I probably shouldn't have been trying to buy him because he, my, my attacking options are decent enough on the wings. So I probably didn't need him. And I shouldn't, if I hadn't bid, then he wouldn't have moved. But... It's fine, you know, mm. one of those things. And then we put another bid in for another player who's another midfielder who I might go back in for later, but again, don't desperately need. So I've sort of left that. And then I've brought another couple of loans in um, in defence just to help bulk that up. And we've picked up a centre-half for about 70 grand, who is already being sort of deemed as my best midfielder believe it or not, <laughs> my best, he's my best defensive midfielder and he's a centre-half, so work that one out. Um, Brilliant. So, he, so he's like, gives me a bit more option as well. Um, so I'm kind of happy. And then first mm-hmm. game of the season, thumping 3-1 win. I was like going, this is brilliant. Really, really happy. Everything's going well. And then first home game of the season, lost 3-1. So I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those uh, seasons. And Oster's sons are top. Um, so moving quickly on. Oh, ow. Ow, that stings, mate. That stings. Never, never, never look at the um, table before Christmas, which in Scandinavia is no. near the end. So that metaphor doesn't well, really work, yeah. does it? Um, no, but we, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Oh well, you know it's it, this is this is the challenge of having multiple saves and multiple ideas and multiple you know approaches. So you got a bit of a juggling act going on. Yeah, I think minute, so. so and, we'll have to sad, see. Sadly, my my day job has has wanted um, has wanted me to do some work for them. So it's sort of really cut down my FM time this, this week. Yeah, which, I'm not happy about that to be honest. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry about that. Um, whereabouts are you up to though? What, what, what's your news? Well, I I did have a poke around uh, in 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 America. Um, me and you, after we finished recording, actually we we we, we st- st- stuck on the line as as people used to say in the nineties. 
um, and we had a chat, and, and we were. I was looking at San Jose, which I, I've still got the save like there. I've not started on it yet, which I might look at because they're an interesting team. They've got nice balance of like good designated players, but quite a lot of youth in there as well. Um, uh, Sean, my friend Sean, was like, "Oh, you should manage Orlando City," and I was like, "Oh yeah," because they've got Nanny, and like who doesn't want to make Nanny uh, an MLS champion? Um, but ultimately, I've kind of was like, no, 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 I, I need to put my focus back into into where my heart is, and that's Boulder Glimpse, isn't it? So you know, I couldn't I couldn't turn my back on the boys. Well, so did try several um, times for an entire season. <laughs> no, I was just I was upset. I was hurt. I was I was reacting in a manner that that I was just I felt let down by them. Um, but it doesn't matter because. In that season, I made it three in a row. And then the season after that, I made it four in a row. So I'm currently on for going for five in a row. Um, But I've mixed things up. So I was kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of getting a bit like bored with playing it safe. So I was like, oh, I remember that I made a tactic with a Regista (laughs) earlier on in the year. And I was like, oh, let's just do it. And it's worked really bloody well. It's been great. Um, It's a little bit more... Um, slower, I guess, in build-up. It's not as like counter-attacking and quick and direct and whatever, um, which is not how I always play, but I tend to, to tend to like that. Um, so it was a little bit of adjustment getting used to it, but it's been really good. There's, ni- there's a nice little overload on the left and like switching it to the right with the, the Regista. Um, and what's been quite nice as well is that I had a, a guy called um, Ante Koric, mm-hmm. He's a, a creation player. I got him on a free. I ended up getting loads of really good free, uh, free signings actually. Um, on on after the third, yeah, going into season f- or, or the fourth title winning season, I should say, which is season six. Uh, I ended up picking up quite a few good players. So I had courage to play there for a while. Um, but I, I literally just sold him not long before recording for like four point five million. As Valencia came in for him, um. For two reasons. Uh, one, because I signed a 34-year-old Aaron Ramsey <laughs> on a free transfer. Yes, you did. Yes, um, you did. Because cause I'm Welsh, he's got a good personality and he's actually quite nice for the Regista. Um, but I've also, this is more importantly, and this is where I'm, now my focus is going, because I kind of I kind of realised that I, 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 I put youth development to one side to try and get success, like get over that line uh, you know in terms of like european success um but now i've kind of switched back to the sort of youth development because admittedly like my club vision is going to be using the youth academy and they're kind of annoyed that i haven't brought anyone through now it's kind of that horrible bit of like yeah i've not focused on it but also there's not been that good a talent and then when they are good i've been losing them like there was the midfielder i lost to spurs Mm. who's just moved to I can't remember where he's moved to. He's moved to someone even bigger than the Spurs and stuff. And like, I I was struggling because I was developing these players and then not having them before they hit their peak. So I was getting frustrated. But I've got a guy called um, Anders Magnus, Mm -hmm. who is only 18 at the minute. Uh, And he's going to be a really, really good little register. Um, So I've got him. And there's a couple of other players now that are coming through. And I'm like, well, look, I'm just going to switch my focus. I signed like a 16 and 17 year old Norwegian um, players as well to come in to my youth team and stuff. And my youth team always wins the under 19 championship every year. So there, there is talent there. I just, I think I need to switch that focus back a little bit more. 
Um, I did end up bringing in a couple of players as well. You gonna are you gonna say something? Yeah, just um, I was talking to a friend about actually the the other day, and obviously with uh, a lot of us will get the tactics of things like registers and deep line playmakers. But for anyone who's maybe slightly new to the newer style of football manager, maybe they played the older versions. Do you just want to quickly just just sort of recap on what the Regista is and what that role would entail in terms of like, yeah because obviously it's not quite your 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 ball winning midfielder or your deep line playmaker like what makes what makes a Regista stand out what sort of qualities and te- and um, and sort of abilities would you be looking for 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 a good uh, Regista and what would they bring to a team it's it's so it's it's slightly different to like a deep line playmaker or even a halfback because it's more of a it's it's the the creative outlet for a team so the perfect the the, the the literal blueprint of a regista is Andrea Perlo. Like that's literally who yeah. the, the role is based on. But the reason why I started using it with Glimpse is that I tended to have a functional midfield rather than like a punchy midfield in terms of like going forward and attack. So I actually play a Mazala in this in this formation but it's more for the positioning of the Mazala because they essentially get out of the way of the Regista to do his business. Um, but but essentially with the Regista is they are a deep line playmaker, but they're a little bit more... Um, they tend to see the ball more and they tend to be sort of like... I guess it's like a, they're almost like the metronome of the, the team. So they dictate the yeah. tempo um, and they sort of... The, the, you tend to see a lot of play where they'll switch the ball to a flank or they'll play it out wide and find um, uh, like an inside forward or a winger or whatever you've got on on, on the flanks. Um, I found that like whoever I play in that register slot in this formation I'm using, they seem to get really high ratings. And I think it's because they attract the ball so much. The- yeah, I think it's that that sort of Sunday league. If you, if you were to sort of boil it down into a Sunday league phrase, it's always showing for the ball isn't it yeah yeah and it's like i think the most important things like and this is this is kind of like what's been interesting because i had courage i've got i've had ramsey and i've got this this magnus and the reason why i've put magnus there is because his decision making is really high is off mm-hmm. the balls really high um as well as he's got some nice traits like tries killer balls tries long range passes like yeah You've, and they don't they don't have to have that acceleration as well or, or the, or the no. high level natural fitness that you would need for like a box to box or yeah and like it's like things like agility and balance which you don't necessarily always think of but you should be thinking of for wide players because it's it's their ability to shift their body weight and jink yeah. past people and do little things but it's yeah it's 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 a far more I would say it's a mental role so the like the midfield three that I've got is a Regista, a ball-winning uh, midfielder, and then a Mazala. But to be honest with you, the, the guy that plays in the Mazala tackles and works hard as well. But like I said, it's just mm-hmm. the the particular role of, of the Mazala that get, he goes out wide, which then he links up with like a uh, play an inside forward on the left and a fullback on support. So I create a lo- overload with all those players on the left. So when they mm-hmm. pull the opposition towards them and the left-hand side of the the team when the ball goes back to the regista the regista then switches the ball to the other flank where there's space which has got a winger on attack and a fullback on attack so they attack the space and basically pulling the team 
to either side and the key component of that is the register to link those two phases of play um I'll, I'll, if i get a chance i'll put it up on twitter but i've got some screenshots of typical goals we score in it um but it's been yeah it's been really fun i've, I've really really enjoyed it um and and we're doing we're doing pretty good it, we're actually being um pushed a lot like we got pushed in the four the fourth winning like the championship winning season like last year by um braun and they're doing it again like we're actually second to them at the minute because um i i think maybe with the tactics sometimes it's a little bit too passive like it is that sort of italian like classic 90s italian style of like slowly probing and slowly like manipulating the team and finding space so sometimes we kind of end up losing like one nil like we'd never lose a lot but we we lose like one nil because of like a i don't know a header yeah, or a free you're kick really, or you're stuff, really so. forcing the game are you so it's just like it's that whole thing of i suppose there used to be teams like you could say for arsenal you could sit back sit back sit back and then they have to break you down and you're essentially yeah. doing that aren't you you're having to break a team down and if you can't break them down you're not then using uh, like pace for example or you're not yeah it's it's really pressing to create a mistake to then pounce upon that you're sort of going like it's fine we've got the ball we will work around you and mm. if you're playing a team who are compact there and they're oh, a man. deep line you're four, 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 four twos kill me man like i've i've lost I've like, yeah, I think I've lost three games in the league this year, and all three of them been to a four four two. So it's it's difficult, but that's so I ended up buying a couple of players. So I bought Oscar Bob from Man City, who's Norwegian, mm-hmm. um, Max Norman Williamson, who was at Milan at the time, who's a centre back, who's Norwegian, uh, and a guy called uh, a guy called Brian Fee Amber or Fee mm-hmm. Fee Fee, Fee, Fee from. Chelsea. I don't know if he's actually in Chelsea in real life. He's also Norwegian as well. But like Bob and 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 uh, Fia Bemba are like wide players, and it's been really crucial that my wide players and my 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 attacker because my attacker is actually a track Guatista because I want to create a a central diamond with passing options. That's mm-hmm. with the Regista at the bottom and the track Guatista at the top. Um, so I've got a guy there called uh, brilliantly called Slobodan uh, Telic. Um, who is, uh, I can't remember what his nationality is. I think it's Slovenian. No, it's Serbian. Why Why would it not be Serbian with a name like Slobodan, you idiot? Um, I got him from City, but I picked him up on a free as well. And he's been excellent as a track quartista. Nice. So um, he's, he's scored like 18 goals, which is, we're not even near the end of the season. I was like, that's quite good. But I did get someone one, else from, go on. Sorry, you gonna, I was going to say one, one thing that I, I have found interesting that you've not mentioned yet. And I don't know if you were about to mention just there. So apologies if you were, and I've cut in for it. But one player you have signed, which kind of ties our two saves together. You've signed Armin Givovich. Right. Who so was my was my 18-year-old that I sold to AC Milan in Helsingborg. And you've now bought him in. So we're almost in an inception at this point. No. So you've but... brought him into your game in the future. So you've bought future Givovich. So yeah, so I want to know. I, I want to know how is he, is he like? I th- I don't. I didn't think you would. I'll be honest. I didn't think you'd make it at Milan, but I was happy for him to go and try it. Yeah, he doesn't look Milan level to me. But is I he, uh... is he Buddha Glimp level? He's <laughs> current. He's currently out on loan. <laughs> <laughs> so I got him on a free, and I got because I was like, 
I was still, it was, it was in, see, yeah, it was in, la- it was last season I brought him in on a free, and I think it was like last season, halfway through the season. And I brought him in because I needed some more midfielders because I'd lost someone. And I was like, yeah, he's pretty good. Like, he's got pretty good, like, physicals and stuff, and his mentals yeah. aren't bad. Like, he's, 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 he's a good option. He's a good team player. Yeah, but, and he gets good. He gets good numbers in his ratings. He, he yeah, does. But, he does enough. I, I used to play but, him but, as, but, a, but, but, but. as a box to box. Yeah, and he he's, he can play as a Mazala as well. But but he's a foreign player, so he kept course, on costing yeah. me a foreign player slot in Norway. So I just had better options. This is why I've been buying Norwegian players because I kept on hitting a wall with him. Mm. Um, so I kind of have to like really consider who I bring in. So I put him out on loan. Which again is not really a reflection on him. He's good. He could play in my team. Um, but I've got another guy in called um, Emil Bohinen, who, who is essentially him but better. Um, so he's Norwegian, so that's fine. But yeah, so I, I brought in um, a guy called uh, James McAtee from City, and I got mm-hmm. him on a free. And like he's he was great because he was like left footed, attacking midfielder, could play in the in the middle. Because um, I was playing like a, a four two three one, yeah four two three one last 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 season, and he could play out on the like right or left as a winger or an inside forward, and he's playing pretty well. And then someone came in for him, and I can't even remember who the team was. And then he just proper had like a strop about it because I was just like, I'm not letting you go. Um, it might be in Spurs. So then he did the biggest sin in the world ever, mistraining. I went right, I'm selling you. And do you know what I did? I had loads and loads of bids for him, but I made him go to Newcastle for three million. That's horrible. <laughs> I rejected Spurs. I was like, "You're going to Newcastle." I was like, "Do not mess with me." I was just like, didn't even, didn't even thank him for his time at the club. Just sent him out the door. Like, get out of here. Made three million on him, and yeah. he's dead to me now. Mate, it's, I'm, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad it's taken us. Uh, what we are now, episode seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad it's taken seven episodes for for one of us to finally get to the point where we lose it with a player. <laughs> we just got right. You well, are wiped from the history books. You are no longer part of this club. Um, we're taking your your poster down on the in the in, on the tunnel. You're no longer mm. part of that. We're gonna rip up every poster that uh, uh, mention of you in the program. That's yeah. going. Always, yeah. Uh, well, like delete I must you from have, the internet history. Gone. I must admit, um, Slobodan was trying to angle a move away, but I want I want like ten or fifteen million for him because he's belted and like I think I think. A, couple of good teams have, have like been looking at him but I've, I've dug my heels in with him because i know i'll get over it and it's fine and like all my team are in agreement with me which is nice. always good to see because they're like well we don't want to lose him um so yeah i mean we're, go- we're going for five in a row but i genuinely i actually genuinely don't know if we can do it because braun are quite good rosenberg have, have, have been pretty good as well this year it's like a free horse race we got <laughs> we've got our champions league group um so we lost our we lost our automatic qualification because uh, coefficiency points have been terrible because it's always just been me in Europe and I'm terrible yeah. in Europe. So we're gonna have to qualify again next year if we do get into the Champions League. Um, not go straight to the groups. <laughs> but we got drawn against. Uh, oh, it's Juventus. I can't remember who the other big team is. It's something like Juventus City. And then it's Saint Petersburg. So Oof. again, so again, the 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 the, <laughs> the aim here is beat Zenit twice, get in Europa League because we never get in the Europa League, let alone you know 
get anywhere near the top of the group. So we've got a tough group again. So, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to go for five in a row, I think. And, and yeah, that's and good, man. That's good. But, you know, a fair play, fair play for sticking in. And as you say, you've clearly done, you've, you've clearly got a squad that is, is more than capable of, of doing well domestically. And then with the added bonus of, of, you know, trying your best in the Champions League and having that focus of going, let's at least make a fight of it. And yeah, you know I think I again like the youth development thing. I I, I I've now because, because you've got you're you're laying that thing going right. I can develop the youth, or we can win. Tell it yeah. to you like which one do you want? And you can't really have. I think luckily youth system's not not producing anything. You can't. So we we finally got it up to like youth coaching is like excellent and like youth recruitment's excellent. So we should now be getting you know more mm. good products and we are we've got enough there to be like you know like I, I think i bought a norwegian goalkeeper who's quite young and like he's home growing because he's been training the league and like mm. you know there's enough there to be okay and i think we will be okay so it's again just shifting the focus again like i tried to it's more natural what i do to, to how i play the game is, is youth development you know you know for better or worse but i did just try and push on a little bit purely based on that frustration of of just knowing that i'm always going to lose players you know yeah. it's 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 tough it's tough it's tough but that's that's the challenge right it, like i say it's, it's what we spoke about either last week or the week before sort of being like for me i'm now at the situation where i'm i'm okay when players leave like i don't need to be sort of going right this is my star player he stays and we build mm. the team around him now I'm like going, well, right, he stays, but if you come and bid for him and it's a reasonable amount of money, then yeah, fine, he goes. Like, I'll replace yeah. him. It's not a problem. Like, maybe I'm a bit more disposable and, and you know, we, we do on treating the players more like commodities, but I'm not in a position where I'm winning the, winning the title. So I have to generate income. I have to. Well, put I, that think, back into I think the I think I need to still, I think I need to still be that way with, with non Norwegian players, but when they're like a homegrown product, I have to really like, protect it <laughs> and like you know because uh, i had that the, the guy from chelsea i've had him on loan for like the last two seasons so i finally i finally just waited for his contract it was the plan all along was wait until his contract finished and then i was getting permanently mm. um and it, that's the thing is that i had that the center back as well that like norman williamson i had him on my shortlist for i think since the start of the game and i was just like i'm, I'm biding my time to get him play the long um, game, i even man. looked at yeah, yeah, and I even looked at Patrick Berg, who left us early on, but he went to, I think he went to like the Chinese Super League, and his wages are too high, so I was like, oh, maybe maybe I won't bring him back. But yeah, you know, just got to, uh, got to play the game, but I'm enjoying the, the uh, Regista role um, and the tactic. Talking of which, um, before we move on to our final subject, um, we, we, we mentioned it earlier on, um, AC Milan in real life, uh, I think I think have become my my FM twenty one safe. Yeah, I think with the so. signings they've made, that looks like a tasty squad, doesn't it? Yeah. So they got uh, Brahim Diaz from Real Madrid, obviously former Man City player as well, wasn't he? He was uh, under mm-hmm. under Pep there. Uh, but most importantly, they've signed Sandro Tonali from Brescia. Um, who yeah. I was I looked at him on the game and I was like, oh yeah, I can see why everyone thinks he's Perlo. If you've never seen him play, his his li- his literal stats and all his traits are just like, oh you're a Regista. So 
Yeah, it's going to be fun. And he just, he looks like, oh, just, it's such a perfect fit, isn't it? And it's great. The, it's, the, the traditionalist in me is looking at that going, I'm glad that he stayed in Italy mm. and went to the team he supported as a boy. And I bought, I've already bought into the romance of it. Like, I want the 90s Italian revol- revolution back. Yeah. I want AC Milan to be a force again and to have a, a, a fan driving that midfield. Like, And the AC Milan weren't my Italian team in the 90s. Um, but you just can't think of a better way for this to be. And, and uh, Donnarumma in goal as well. Like, yeah, it seems... It seems to be that they. It seems to be that they're shifting towards a more youthful focus, which obviously um, wasn't necessarily the way under Ancelotti when they were successful mm-hmm. um, during that period. But obviously, uh, Arrigo Sacchi back in the like eighties and nineties, obviously had his little Dutch, you know, revolution mm-hmm. with Van Basten, Hollet, and and Rijkaard. But it's that thing of like, you know, I think like, I think there is a lot of generations that have a romantic view of Milan so it's always quite nice when you're like oh yeah Milan are back on it but then like I kind of like yeah I'm I'm with you because you know football like Italian football was such a big part of my childhood you know and it's like I do want it to get better again like I don't think it'll ever hit the heights that it did because it was literally the best league in the world back in yeah. like the the early to mid 90s oh, so so good so good wasn't it and it's it's a fun it's a it's always a really really fun FM save like it's just a good league and it's quite difficult as well because much like real life I guess the stereotype is that that it's tactically challenging because there's a lot of different tactics and um, obviously like Atalanta have been like the um, the team that everyone's sort of been like the you know. Uh, I don't want to use neutrals favourite because I suppose if you're Italian, absolutely no team in the world is neutral um, and they all hate each other violently, um, which is, you know, what makes Italian football great because there's the passion. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm still got a soft spot for Fiorentina. I've still got a soft spot for Parma, mm-hmm. you know, Fiorentina mainly because of the cool kits and Batistuta and Parma mainly because they had an unreal team in the 90s. Um, yeah. and, and also got a cool kit. So. Sam Dora with a very British stadium. Um, yeah, and a very British manager in the <laughs> in the shape of uh, Claudio Ranieri. Um, <laughs> now, uh, well, just just a central midfield part, a mid- midfield pairing of, of David Platt and Rude Hullet, which you know, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. You know, I was um, those sorts of uh, so, mix of players. Talking of talking of Rude Hollet, which is kind of a, a connected before we move on, um, I was listening to the absolutely excellent uh, Mundial Giant podcast, uh, mm. which is is on Spotify, and I implore you to all go and listen to it because it's absolutely amazing. It's essentially just audio storytelling. Uh, it's brilliant. But there's an episode um, called Johan Cruyff's Revenge, um, which weirdly. Actually, I named my Regista Tactics Johan's Revenge because I was listening to it when I was like, making it or remaking it um and again like having a register that deep line playmaker in that and it's about his his season when he joins Feyenoord um, I won't ruin it for you just listen to it it's great but <laughs> there was just a moment where they were like uh, on the commentary or mentioned like Rude Hollett score for Feyenoord and I was like oh yeah he played for Feyenoord because <laughs> you just don't think of like y- y- you ask us you know people of our generation like Rude Hollett and like picture him in a shirt and it'll be Milan or Chelsea right like yeah. But yeah, it was just one of them little moments. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's like it's like remembering that Ronaldo played for PSV." And you're like, 
So oh, funny you should mention so that. Did. One of and, the and then, even then having to remember that he played for Barcelona because you'd always you'd always go into Milan and Real Madrid. Like yeah, he played yeah. for Barcelona as well. And and he PSV. scored that amazing the amazing goal that Bobby Robson reacted to. Yeah. Um so the Ronaldo at PSV, that's also an episode of Giant, and it's amazing. It's genuinely amazing that episode because he's like 17, 18 at the time. It's brilliant. Um, but yeah, excellent podcast. Uh, shout out to Seb and everyone that, that makes that podcast. It's, it's so, so good. Um, that is all good. So I just wanted to stop the podcast at this point um, just to give you guys a heads up. In the final part of the episode, myself and Tony discuss the subjects of mental health and suicide as we talk about the World Suicide Prevention um, Day slash month. So um, if you want to stop the podcast now uh, and just enjoy us being the idiots, uh, we really do still appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you want to continue, uh, please feel free to do so as well. Uh, We really appreciate you taking time out to listen to the podcast. um, And if you are able to listen to the discussion about mental health, then uh, we really appreciate that as well. But make sure you keep yourself safe um, and we'll get on with the show. Okay, well, we have talked about our saves and all that jazz and all the the stuff. Um, (laughs) I've still got notes on Everton. We'll leave it for this week. Uh, We'll give him a week off. Um, But obviously, we were talking this week about wanting to do this episode. So the the, the sort of title of the episode kind of gives a hint to what we wanted to talk about. Mm. But we felt like it might be the right time to, to have the discussion, given that Obviously, this this past week, there was World Suicide Prevention Day, um, which obviously extends to the month. And also, I didn't realize it un- until it kind of flashed up, but it was um, Gary Speed, what would have been Gary Speed's 51st birthday, um, which is, you know, something that, as a as a Welsh fan, you know, that, I, you know, it's, it's one of them where like, it, that one hit really hard um, just because of the story and the timing of it because i think a lot of people it, I, no, that's not true i think if you're not close to the situation it's easy to forget that gary speed really started the journey that that welsh team were on with all the young players and stuff like that and how important he was to to the the welsh fa but how important he was to, to those players so there's there's just an extra element of, of sadness as well you know a man that obviously had retired from football, but was super young in his career as as a manager and a coach, and and for him to, you know, sadly leave us in the way that he did, that is something that that's always sort of hit hard for um, Welsh football fans. So every time that comes up, it is is one of them little reminders of of uh, yeah, a really sad time in in in, in football. Um, but one of the one of the the, the things that you know. I did notice during um, World Suicide Prevention Day was a lot of athletes talking about mental health quite openly and their their, their difficulties with mental health. So um, I'm sure you're in complete agreement with this, Tony, but I think it's great that, you know, in these situations, it's always going to feel, it's always going to feel uh, maybe a little bit more disconnected because of the people having the conversations, but it is always important to see people like professional footballers having a conversation about mental health to really hit home that point of this is a thing that happens to everyone um and that there should be more awareness and there should be more 
you know, a, a continued effort to to help prove, um, you know, the the, the situation around around it. You know, I, I know that people like um, Rio Ferdinand spoken about it publicly as as well as a few other pundits and stuff. But you know, I, again, like I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I I do think it is always really super important when you hear professional athletes talk about mental health and and their struggles with it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it, it gives. Like, I mean, let, let's not beat around the bush, right? We are in our generation now this moment this global pandemic this lockdown i mean whatever it's done to the economy or you know like people's health and and so many people have, have got really ill and, and so many people have died and it's awful the long-standing issue is gonna be a, a mental health issue off the back of this because we've all had our freedoms restricted so much that we don't know how to deal with it. You know, our lives are different now. We're living in a very, very different way. Like, obviously, we've passed, again, another milestone. Like, you know, we always have an anniversary of September the 11th. Again, another thing where our, a lot of our American friends see the world different now and, and panic differently and have different fears. And I don't know about you, but I've used this lockdown time, I suppose, really getting back into Football Manager because I played it so much and obviously the show that I did mentions just how much I was playing it and the reasons for playing it and I had a bit of time off where I wasn't really Football Manager focused but I've been back in the sort of depressive states as I've been many, many years before. Like, it just happens that you get moments where things just feel a bit dark and a bit grey and you don't really know how connected you are to the world or whether you need to be connected and you just sort of like, if you get someone who's in like a, a level of authority, I suppose, for want of a better phrase, or in the public eye, it makes you sort of go, all right, I'm not doing this on my own here. Like other people are affected as well. And it's, of course, naive to think that mental health issues are purely down to whether you have enough money. And of course, you can't be depressive if you have millions of pounds and you look at... Um, for, you look at some sort of your, 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 even just my heroes if I was to say right now off the top of my head go out who are my heroes that have had mental health problems Robin Williams uh, The mm. Rock Chester Bennington um, you know uh, just uh, you pretty much could name anybody I'm guessing has all has all had a battle somewhere and for me this game and I've, I've spoken to Miles about it before about the medicinal is the wrong word, but like therapeutic benefits of the just escapism of getting in here and playing it and everything else outside doesn't matter for a while while I'm, I'm playing this and just in my own little world and it doesn't matter how bad things are or how low I feel or how sort of like look around just going, oh God, I can't be bothered with this. I don't know what I'm mm-hmm. doing. I can just jump on here and it just helps you a bit and seeing the community side of things which for us as new creators to be welcomed into that world again has been great and again to see the the community talking about their mental health problems and their issues and we're all sharing it together for me I think it's come at a really really great time that we are now locked down we are now having 
to really focus on what's important, I think, with ourselves. And like, because we're yeah. not living so intently with like nine to five jobs and like TV thrown in your face and music and internet and, you know, like so much stuff happening. We're now slowing down and going, right, what's important to me? Family, friends, health, enjoyment, life, things that I enjoy. Right, what do I enjoy? Oh, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing that. Right, do it then. And that's been great. Yeah. That's been a really, really great time to help try and sh- and reshift my brain into oh, yeah. a, a happier state. And 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 I've said, you know, I texted you uh, last week that doing things like this is great because we've even had in the seven weeks we've both had episodes where before we've hit record we've went. How are you? Oh, to be honest, I'm not really feeling that great. I had a bit of a crap day, a bit of a crap week. I'm feeling a bit ugh. And then we chat like this and we've both kind of brought something back out of each other and like sort of topped the juices back up and it's been like, oh, yeah. actually, that's cool. Like, yeah, like there's someone there as well that I can share a moment with. And and I think that's yeah. really, really important. I think I think it's... Yeah, I think both of our relationship with this game is so much more than just it being a game, you know, like it's 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 the comfort, it's a it's a it's almost like an old friend, you know, and like, you know, and you kind of load it up and and there's a there's a level of security there and there's a level of comfort when you when you play it now. I'm sure there's probably far more intelligent people that you know that that could probably psychoanalyze this and be like, "Well, you know, you have complete control over this digital world and and there's no worries or fears because you dictate everything and make decisions and and whatever um, and look into really the sort of psychological effects of the game but I know I know for me when when you know um, quite a while ago now but when I was sort of 24 25 is is one of when I was at complete rock bottom with my own mental health and I was massively depressed I was signed off work for over a year with depression and anxiety and I was really really struggling and and, and as trivial as it kind of sounds there was days when the only thing that dragged me out of bed was loading up football manager and 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 having that you know that feeling of security and escapism for however long I wanted to now you know it's like that's the reason why you know I always mention football manager uh, 2010 because like, that was the game during that time period I, I mentioned before about my standard Liège game um, and that was during that time period as well and it it's more than just a save and it's more than just an addition of the game it reminds me of a time period where I was struggling and it reminds me that I've come a long way since that and I know this is a case for for so many more people it's a, it's a reference point uh and and the kind of you sometimes you lose track of like where you've come and stuff but you know the minute we went into lockdown <laughs> i know i started playing fm so much more again and like you know when i'm not having a good day or i'm struggling like i i will play fm way more than i probably should do and i'm sure steam's telling me hey you played this game far too much <laughs> but like it, it, it you know the us doing this podcast was an extension of that you know we didn't i mean this might shock everyone but we didn't do this podcast to become really rich and famous and make loads of money because <laughs> if that was the intention we apparently should have done a gardening podcast um because it would have been way more successful but the reason why we did this podcast is because both me and you 
had that moment where we'd felt a bit lost with everything going on in the world and 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 pretty low and down and you know we just had this little idea and we you know this is the reason why we called it football manager therapy because for us this is our our therapy you know i know i know for the most part uh, we're laughing and joking and and taking the mickey out of each other and taking the mickey out of um, merseyside based football teams but like you know for us it's it's an hour or two once a week to spend time with with you know I, we are shockingly again we are actually mates but it's it's great to spend that time with each other um, and, and talking about something that we do really care about and passionate about not just because we love this game um, and and you know we love everything that Miles and, and SI have done but because we know how insignificant it is to us but to to a wider community as well so it's it's that thing of like I've had so many like I think you've you've had the same but um. I've had so many lo- like lovely little messages about like, oh man, like, I really appreciate like you talking about this on, on, on the podcast and like I've loaded up FM and then people just start talking to me about their football manager saves and like, you know, think, we think, all kind of need that, right? Like so, thing, we can only be on as much as <laughs> as much as we, we possibly can. You know, it's nice to have a little bit of escapism every now and again. I think the thing that's good with it is that we can all, that it's a sense of familiarity. Like, so if we, if we sort of start talking about, you know, we start talking about Sandra Tonali, like there's instantly so many people will have a story about what they've done with Sandra Tonali on this game, or we'll mention, you know, Freddie Adu, and, and it just brings back a, a, an emotive response. Like the Mark Kerr episode, we got so much yeah, like love off the Mark Kerr episode that like people just love the fact that it's something that isn't real, but to us is real, and and I used to say on the on on the, the stand up show, um, which if you've not seen it by the way, and I know it's been around for a while, if you've not seen it, it's on my YouTube channel. I've put it there for free. Um, go on and watch a bit. Um, I mentioned about the fact that we clearly like a lot of what we talk about to people of the outside world would think that we're odd. Um, I do refer to it as a support group, which again I a hundred percent think it is. Um, I talk about the Blood Spartans game, which again was sort of similar to your Liège game. Really, it was the it was the save that fixed me. Um, and I know I called it football manager ruined my life. Realistically, now looking back, it should have been football manager saved my life. Really, I suppose because it's it made me it just changed things like it. it changed my world really or changed my life's probably a better uh title like you know it allows me to do things like this it allowed me to tour it allowed me to get back in touch with you and like because we reconnected like mm-hmm. after a few years and then like the community's still there and like we had a couple of years out we come back and we're now connecting with so many other people and um there's a couple of creators who are getting in touch with um regards to like a charity match for mind next year to yeah. play actual football so uh we will obviously look to 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 get involved in that uh, and we've been asked to, to play which would be great and of course we are massive advocates of, of any sort of you know mental health charity and i know we, we talk about sort of charities that we support off the back of the podcast as well but it is just good to be it's nice to be welcomed isn't it and to sort of feel yeah. as though you're not alone and and yeah we've we've been we've been taken in by people which and we genuinely appreciate that and it has allowed us i think to 
to certainly get through lockdown a bit easier and it's made this yeah. whole experience a lot more palatable i think yeah and and, and again like i i I'll always love the stand-up show because it's how me and you met. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we I came and watched came and watched the show in Manchester, and then mutual friend, uh, the, the lovely human being that is Chris Brooker, was like, "Oh, you should be nerds together," and we were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah actually, this this like, works." When you think about that, he literally set us up. He went, "You two should be friends," and I was like, "Yeah, oh, okay, thank you." <laughs> yeah, it is. It is quite funny how many times he has done that. Um, and it is very, very, very funny because he usually gets it right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, these people are now, unfortunately, my friends. Uh, I'm joking, of course. Uh, but no, um, yeah, like, I, I, again, it was, we didn't really know, you know, I'll be honest, like, I don't think we really know how we wanted to talk about that, but we did want to talk about it. And when, you know, it's not, it's not, for me, it's never out of fear of, of you know it being stigma or being judged it's always um when talking about mental health um it, I, I always want to make sure I get it as right as I possibly can and we wanted to make sure that we, we spoke about it and we you know after a conversation over over the week we felt that like this week it'd be a good week you know as well not just as again in like let's, let's be honest with you it's not just because of of, of the suicide prevention awareness it is the fact that it's been a week where it's been really tough for everyone and, and, and the world just seems so unsure and unstable. But we do have this weird little spreadsheet game where in our world we can go to Lithuania and buy a 17-year-old wonder kid um, and follow them on a journey <laughs> until they take over your club as a, as a manager. And, so, and yeah. in addition to that as well, I know we, we talk about like, you know, we appreciate that, that you guys will listen in and, and we, we, we feel as though anyone that's, that's part of the podcast and, and part of the YouTube uh, community that, that we've built, like we're all in this together. Like I think we're building a bit of a team and a bit of a squad here. So if anyone else is struggling at the same time, shout up, like do seriously shout up, like drop us a tweet, drop us a message and just say, look, struggling a bit and we'll, we'll join in. Like we'll, we'll help wherever we can. We'll do whatever yeah. we can do. So Obviously, if you are struggling yeah, and you're thinking like, oh, I don't know what to do, just just shout out, man. There's, there's plenty of us are all in the same boat, so we'll do whatever sure. we can do. And like, hey, look, you know, my, my DMs are, are open on, on, on my Twitter. Um, and like, if you want to just sneak in there. And like, you don't even need to message us about massive issues, you know. If you literally just want to talk to us about this stupid little game and what you're doing on the game and stuff, like, we're more than happy to do that. And like, you know, it's it's... I've been really appreciative of it. You know, there's, there's times when, you know, I, I, you need to talk about your issues. And then sometimes I just, just want to text. Like, I mean, me and Tony literally just text each other um, football news all week and then laugh our head off about it and go, how can we work that into the show? Yeah. Uh, mainly mainly this week, it's been James Rodriguez signing for Everton and him saying up the toffees. Uh, right. Well, I, I don't, <laughs> I feel it's a bit crass to plug our own stuff at the end of this. So, I'm going to leave it off this week, um, but I will, before I, I mention the usual charities that we, we love and support um, consistently and, and always, um, one that came up this week that I thought would be a good one would be um, Calm, which is the calmzone.net, I believe. Um, they're, they're a great campaign mm-hmm. um, and, and a great charity and support. So make sure you go and check them out as well as our usual uh, charities that we support. 
which is uh, Black Minds Matter UK, Mind UK, War Child, um, and uh, I'm doing my little 50 miles in a, in a month run for the, the Alzheimer's Society at the minute. So uh, yeah, um, all the charity links will be in the description of this podcast um, i'm also going to put a little little warning in in at the beginning of this episode uh, and also just a timestamp in the description as well because i understand that talking about mental health and suicide isn't always what you want from a certain podcast so it's kind of the reason why this conversation is the end of the podcast as well so if you you don't feel like you could, you're up for it you could uh, sign out a little bit earlier on that and, and uh, just think about um, a register in Norway right well Tony um, thank you very much mate for joining me this week um, I've enjoyed that yeah um, we are potentially not potentially we are going to do a retro episode uh as well as our next episode so our next episode is going to be the book club episode which i'm very excited about um where we're going to talk not just about like harry potter <laughs> it's like it's football books don't worry it's it, a books that like have inspired us for fm saves or you know um given us tactics and stuff like that and we're going to talk about it so if you if you if you're even more of a nerd like we are um and unlike books as well then Tune in for episode eight um, because we're going to be nerds. <laughs> the football manager therapy book. Yeah, I, so I actually um, I did li- look into the legality of of you know um, reading extracts from book on on the podcast because <laughs> I was like I don't want to be sat here reading too many extracts and then get like a, a, a cease and desist or a warning from someone like Jonathan Wilson being like no 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 you've read too much of my book out uh, on the thing but um yeah we're going to do a retro episode which is a Tariba West episode oh, yeah. um and, and as well as that book club episode so they're going to be coming up uh in the meantime um take care of yourselves guys uh stay safe and we'll see you next week on Football Manager Therapy.